When I first started this journey, I had no idea what parenting an adolescent would be like. I felt like it was likely it would turn out well. All that I learned and applied would create very positive outcomes, but you just never know for sure. The common and accepted belief is that parenting in the teen years is tough. It's fraught with conflict. Teens don't respect their parents, that they think their parents don't know anything. Kids today are spoiled. Kids today have no respect for adults or for property. They're entitled. They're lazy. Kids today need a good swat across the bottom to teach them how to be respectful and stay in line. I've heard it all. But I stuck by my values, and honestly, this relationship is even more incredible than I ever could have imagined. My hope and my wish is to guide as many parents as possible to have as incredible of relationships with their kids as I have with mine. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline. Your Village is the most comprehensive site for evidence-based parenting classes available on demand at yourvillageonline.com. Our 50-plus classes give parents the foundation, steps, and tools for creating strong, healthy relationships with their children, resulting in responsible, cooperative, happy, and successful children and families. My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. Hello, everyone. Today, I'm doing something really different. I'm sharing my oldest son with you all. So you can hear from him what it's like to grow up with me as his mom. I'll walk through my parenting journey from his earliest days until now. And no, Carter, this won't take a really long time. We're going to keep it short. The key areas where I focused at each age and stage of his childhood that has laid a strong foundation and then maintained and even strengthened it throughout the years. When I first started this journey, I had no idea what parenting an adolescent would be like. I felt like it was likely it would turn out well. All that I learned and applied would create very positive outcomes, but you just never know for sure. The common and accepted belief is that parenting in the teen years is tough. It's fraught with conflict. Teens don't respect their parents, that they think their parents don't know anything. Kids today are spoiled. Kids today have no respect for adults or for property. They're entitled. They're lazy. Kids today need a good swat across the bottom to teach them how to be respectful and stay in line. I've heard it all. But I stuck by my values, and honestly, this relationship is even more incredible than I ever could have imagined. My hope and my wish is to guide as many parents as possible to have as incredible of relationships with their kids as I have with mine. So without further ado, my son, Carter. Hi. How old are you, Carter? Uh, 13. And when's your birthday? February 12th. Okay. So you're about a month and a half from turning 14. Uh-huh. Right? Okay. So... Just to give an idea of our relationship today, can you share with the audience the kinds of things that we talk about? But just in general, what types of things do you like to chat with me about? 
I guess just my day. Yeah, you tell me about your day at school. Mm-hmm. The silly things that either your friends or some other weird kid at school did. Yep. Right? You just tell me about a lot of the funny or entertaining things or, like, if you're bored in class, right? You just kind of yeah. tell me all. So do you remember last year when your school did a mental health check and they asked you three questions? Nope. I don't know. I can't remember what the requ- three questions were, but it was something like, you know, how are you doing? How is your mental health? Like, on a scale of one to five or something, where are you? And then if you were struggling, would you tell someone? And um, there was one other one. You said that you were doing really well. And then I said, well, if you weren't doing well, like, would you have put it down on that form? Like, would you have just lied or would you have told the truth? And I think you said you would have told the truth, but your answer would have been that you didn't want to talk to anyone. And I said, why not? And you said, because I wouldn't want to talk to anyone at school. I would rather talk to you. So if they asked you those questions today, would that still be the same answer? Yeah. You're a man of few words tonight. I'm going to make you elaborate on that. Yay. Who at school could you go to? I don't mean who would you choose, but who could you go to? Who has the school told you is available to talk? Um, My counselor. Okay. Maybe my friends, but just maybe. Okay. And so why would you choose me over a count- your counselor? Because you understand more about me, I guess. Okay. And that's a great compliment to have, right? That you trust me with all that stuff. Some of the other things Carter and I talk about a lot are his future, his goals. He has some really big goals, and so we are now co-creators and collaborators for his future. This is, I think, the optimal relationship during adolescence. What we do during the earlier years, all the way leading up, really sets up the tone. We create a strong foundation early on, and we continue to build on that. So adolescence is not a complete struggle, full of self-doubt, shame, anger, fear— for your child, or for your relationship. Sure, there'll be a little bit of struggle from time to time, but they're speed bumps instead of mountains. And instead, now it's a time of huge growth and discovery and excitement. So I'm going to walk you through the focus at each age group that got us to the place where we are today and that can get you there too. I'll talk more about this place of co-creation and collaboration when I get to the adolescent stage. In infancy, we're focused on attachment and connection, and this generally comes naturally in most cases. It doesn't take huge amounts of attention and focus to create a healthy attachment. I see a lot of moms especially getting really hard on themselves if they aren't available 24-7 at the drop of a hat, or if they can't nurse or can't get a latch or physically are just unable due to medicines that they're on or even breast cancer, and they no longer have their breasts, and they worry they're affecting their bond attachment process. This level of availability is not necessary to have a secure attachment. If you go to the bathroom, if you make a sandwich and your baby cries for a few minutes before you can get to them, or they cry the entire drive to the pediatrician appointment, I know this because this was Carter, it's not going to affect their attachment. In toddlerhood, while our interactions will contribute and continue to build attachment, Being a safe space for big feelings, this is exactly what we're working on in these ages. Social emotional development. There is so much development going on. Physically, cognitive, language, and social emotional. It's all exploding. Neurons are connecting. 
But our big focus from two to four or maybe up to five is social emotional. This is the foundation for academic success, for friendships, for all of it. So during these ages, there's two really important pieces. Number one, creating a safe space for them to express and experience big feelings. And as you can see, Carter and I have this relationship now because he's always felt safe to share his feelings. And then working with them, usually during quiet times or as they're calming, to learn and grow an emotional vocabulary. What this does is build a good emotional regulation or emotional intelligence that allows them to, over time, have skills they can use with their friends during play, for sharing ideas, for upsets, for conflict resolution, and negotiation skills. When kids are able to articulate their feelings well, their ideas, their needs, and manage their feelings, it creates a foundation for learning because they will be able to handle themselves socially, emotionally, not get lost in the big feelings. They've maybe not mastered it, but they're on their way towards mastery. And so their energy can then be spent on the actual learning process. So I told this story several episodes back when I first realized that what I was doing wasn't working. I started this positive parenting journey back when Carter was about two and a half. This is when the rubber hit the road for me because his younger siblings were born when he was just 20 months old. So by the time he was around two to two and a half, I was dealing with a toddler who needed my direction and guidance along with mothering two infants. When we had a few discipline exchanges that I knew were counterproductive, I knew I needed to figure it out. He was and is a very smart kid. He wasn't being bad on purpose. He was just trying to get what he wanted and he was testing. He was two and saw the loopholes and so he went for it. I was busy juggling two infants. He wanted something, I said no, but he did it anyway, whatever it was. I don't even remember what he wanted at this point in time, but he went against my boundary that I had set. So I tried to put him in timeout in all of my super nanny school of parenting but I ended up literally having to sit on him to keep him there. I know you don't remember that at all. Nope. It was almost comical. Looking back, it's funny now, but at the time, I felt like an idiot. I was being outwitted by a two-year-old. Talk about feeling inadequate. I felt like as the mom, I should be able to set a boundary and he would respect it. I felt like I should be able to, I hate to use the word control, but control my child to have a child who would listen. I was a good mom. I was a caring mom. What was I doing wrong? Why didn't my child respect me? I knew I didn't want to command respect through intimidation and fear. That would not have led to a good outcome. I knew that, but I also knew I needed to find the answer. So I devoured every book, research on child development, psychological thought leaders on how to parent in ways that would be the greatest benefit to my kids, their sense of self, their confidence, their independence, their responsibility, while still creating and maintaining a solid foundation of love and connection at the same time. And it flipped my parenting almost 180. Now, I wasn't super strict or authoritarian, but I was of the belief that kids should respect parents and listen, not out of fear, but because I'm in charge, I'm the parent, they should just respect me, period. Learning to work with my child instead of butting up against them was a big learning experience for me. So as kids move out of these early toddler preschool years, we continue to focus on the social-emotional development. We're helping them fine-tune. They will struggle from time to time with bigger feelings and reactions, and that's normal. Also, empathy is going to continue to develop up through the ages of 9 or 10. 
By the age of nine or 10, with proper guidance, kids can be quite emotionally competent, sharing feelings, wants, and needs effectively, listening to and understanding others' feelings, wants, and needs, and responding accordingly. One of the things I would do is encourage my kids to advocate for themselves if they needed or wanted something outside of the family, something at school with teachers or coaches. Then if there wasn't much change, then I would go in with them. We would go together. I would have them take the lead in the meeting with the coach or the teacher or whoever it was we were talking to. Do you remember any of those meetings? Kind of. What do you remember? Like the meetings with like my teach with my, uh, my teacher in third grade. I don't remember your third grade teacher. I remember your first grade teacher, and I remember your that no, was it was your grade. fifth grade and your fifth grade teacher. Which one do you remember, or do you remember both? I remember both. So we went in and talked to your first grade teacher. You were having some struggles with her because she was coming down pretty hard on you. And so we went in to talk about it because I wanted her to know that you talked to me. I wanted her to know that you share with me and that things that go on at school, I hear about at home. Okay. And so we went in and talked to her about it, but I had you take the lead. I actually had you start the meeting and talk about what the issue was. And then we moved forward and we didn't have any more problems with that kind of thing for the rest of the year. Okay, so do you remember the issue that you had with your fifth grade teacher? Um, she kept me in from, she was grouping me in with kids that were doing bad things and I wasn't. So what do you mean kept you in from doing stuff? Like recess and stuff and lunch. You were literally coming into my car at the end of the school day and breaking down in tears of frustration. You were an excellent student. You were very well behaved. You tried so hard to do everything that she was asking to stay quiet when it was time to be dismissed for recess or lunch. And you were even trying to get your classmates to quiet down. And yet you were still being kept in for recess and being dismissed late for lunch. It was affecting your desire to be in the classroom. It was affecting your desire to learn and be a good student. You were starting to feel like if I'm going to be punished for being bad and I'm not being bad anyway, why should I try so hard? So I knew it was time that we needed to go in and talk to your teacher about it and try to get this problem resolved. Um, so we went in and talked to her, right, to see what could be done about only having the kids that were misbehaving be the ones that were affected by the punishment. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important. But did you know indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Puro Air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels, low, medium, high, and sleep, and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T. 
P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HIPAA 14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners. Ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? Look no further than Home Threads, your partner in crafting a nurturing environment. At HomeThreads.com, explore a thoughtfully curated collection of furniture designed for families who believe in positive parenting. From cozy reading nooks to durable playroom essentials, our pieces are crafted to enhance your parenting journey. Home Threads has an incredible selection of furniture, decor, and accessories like throw pillows, blankets to snuggle under for family movie nights or reading time that helps you create the warm, cozy home that is the foundation for happy family memories. I love all the great pieces I've gotten from Home Threads to finish the look in my home. Gorgeous yet durable and cozy accent throw pillows, blankets, and some really cute wall decor. I have an ocean theme throughout my downstairs, so I got a couple of really great wall pieces to finish that look. And some picture frames for the family photos. Visit homethreads.com parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's homethreads.com parenting parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home. Home threads. Love where you live. So another thing we start working on heavily during these years is growing their competence and responsibility with taking care of their self, their things, morning and bedtime routines, homework and school project processes, snacks, making healthy choices, cleaning up dishes after a meal or a snack, caring for their own things like their backpacks, their toys, sporting equipment, taking on more and more jobs around the house, more responsibility like laundry, dishes, making their own lunches. This is the process that unfolds over time. We support them, we have small expectations at five. They might clear the table, they might get dressed and brush their teeth on their own in the morning, but by 10, they're fully responsible for their morning routines outside of many kids needing help with wake up. By 10, they can sort their own laundry and fold it after it's washed and pack their own lunches. So what responsibilities do you remember taking on throughout those years? Basically just what you said. Do you remember the first time we started doing the dishwasher? No. So the first time we started doing the dishwasher, you were not happy about it. When we had you emptying the dishwasher, you were about eight, maybe seven. And you started to push back on it. Why should I have to help? Why? I don't want to do this. Why is this? Uh, There was definitely some pushback. We might call it power struggle. Okay. And so we had to talk about that. And the talk that we had was about being a family, about pitching in responsibility and pitching in as a family. And then it didn't take very long. It took a couple of weeks and you just started pitching in. And, and then we went through it again with your brother. He had the same issue. Well, what are some newer responsibilities that you've had to take on? Like getting myself to tennis practice. What are some things you might need to work on, do you think, that we still need to work on? Uh, like cleaning my room, maybe. Yeah, that'd be a good one. We're so. still working on cleaning up after yourself some, huh? Mm-hmm. What happens when you have a snack and you leave the wrapper out on the counter? You drag me back down from my room just to, to, just to make me throw it out. Yes. I don't suggest that. Okay. And why? It's mean. Why is it mean? Because I don't, because you're, you're literally standing at the trash can with the wrapper in front of your face. Okay. And why do I do that? I'm not saying this again. No, why do I do that? Why do I make you come downstairs when you're upstairs comfortably in your room playing your games or whatever? Why do I make you come downstairs and throw it away yourself? Because you love me. That's true. But if I don't tell you to come back down and clean up after yourself, what am I teaching? What message am I sending to you? 
that I don't that I shouldn't do my work because I'll have a maid. Exactly. So there is a reason, right? Mm-hmm. And you're right. It is because I love you and I want to raise you to be responsible. Uh, the other thing you're working on in these years is opportunities to allow them to explore and discover their interests and strengths. Because there are so many ways to do this through books, outings, clubs, extra- extracurricular activities. You want to keep it open and wide unless your kids show a focus, drive, and extreme interest in something. And it is them driving the increase in activity, begging for more classes. Otherwise, you want to keep it light and fun and open. Two activities... And once or twice a week for each is a really good balance. So what are some interests that you explored throughout your childhood? Swimming. Anything else? I don't remember. Uh, Junior lifeguards? I guess so, but that was only every summer. It was. It was only like four or five weeks out of the summer. Volleyball was something you tried. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I tried it. I mean, it wasn't really my thing. I thought you were pretty good at it, but... I, I was good at it, but I just didn't really enjoy it very much. I just don't like sports that relies on teammates too much. Yeah, you get frustrated with your teammates. You're more of a very independent athlete, which is why swimming also worked for you. The other thing is you loved the meets. Yeah. You loved the meets, well, one, because of the food, but two, you loved going fast and you loved placing, which you did a lot. All right. Well, thank you for spending this time with me to share you with my audience. And one of the things I really want to say to you is that our relationship has turned out far better than I ever would have imagined when you were little. And when I was parenting you the way that I was, I thought it would be good, but, and I hoped that it would be good, but I never expected that it would be this amazing, what we have. And I think we have a really incredible relationship And I also tell my audience not to tell your kids that you're proud of them, especially a lot. But if your kids go above and beyond that, of course, you want to tell them you're proud of them. And I want you to know that I am extremely proud of you. This kid does go above and beyond in academics, in music, in sports. And one of the things, I don't know if you know this, but the parents of your friends all tell me they love you. You can come over anytime that you are such a nice kid. And that you're such a great influence on their son that they love having you around and they're so glad that their son is a friend of yours. And that's, to me, the most important thing, that you're just a really, really kind person. And you know what else I love? You're great about jumping in and helping. You love to go grocery shopping with me. You help pick out food. You carry it all in from the car without even being asked. You just automatically start unloading the car and carrying in as many bags of groceries as you can. Mm-hmm. So I think you're a really amazing kid, and I'm really proud to have you as my child. Thank you. Okay, the last part I want to share with you is once kids are getting towards middle school and into high school, we're slowly making a transition from being more of a leader and guide, although there's still plenty of that, but we move more into role of co-creator. So what we start to do is work with our children to help them shape their future to help them improve, to help them improve upon themselves, to help them set goals and reach those goals. We're really there just to scaffold and support them on their wants and needs and their future that they see coming up. Now, 
I was going to talk with Carter a little bit about how we work together as a co-creator of his future, but he played four hours of tennis today on the courts and he was very, very tired. So I went ahead and recorded the ending and then I'm adding this back in. So maybe we can talk to him about that another time. But we are co-creating his future right now. He has decided or he has realized, I should say, that he wants to be a pro tennis player. Now, this is a journey that I have been told is extremely unlikely for him because he got started so late, which I think sounds absolutely crazy that he is considered washed up at 12 or 13 having started so late. But I have never seen anything like this in anyone. I've never seen this kind of passion. I've never seen this kind of commitment or drive. And so without going completely crazy or overboard, I am supporting him in his dream. The goal right now is to support him in becoming the best tennis player that he can so that he can work on a college scholarship and get into the best tennis program in college that he possibly can, play college tennis, And if he continues to improve, he can get amazing coaching through four years of college, especially if he gets onto a really good team. And then he can go from there and decide. But then he'll also have a college degree and he will be prepared to flourish in the world regardless of what happens. So part of our collaboration process right now is that Carter has been expressing a lot of frustration with so much time in school because it's not challenging for him. He has 100% in every class and he'd rather be on the tennis courts if he's not going to be challenged in school. So we created a plan together with his school counselor that's starting in ninth grade, where he will attend the hybrid program where he will do two classes on campus. And this way he can still continue with orchestra, which he loves, and do one to two college courses through a concurrent enrollment program and fill in any other credits he needs through the online learning, which also will free up time to spend more time on the courts. So the thing that is just so surprising to me is that this whole journey with him has turned out to be something pretty unorthodox, especially in these later years of his childhood. But it's been amazing. I've learned so much about how to be really flexible with my kids and supporting them on the journey that they choose rather than one that I feel like that they should have. And he is so dedicated to this process like nothing I have ever seen from anyone before. I will never underestimate him. I will never assume that because he started so late and he's got a lot of catch up to do that he won't be able to do it. And I will never place limitations on him and neither would I want to. And I think it is extremely likely that he will reach this goal. So if you're struggling through any part of parenthood right now, whether it's big feelings in toddlerhood, whether it's trying to get your kids to listen and cooperate and be respectful, whether it's dealing with some pushback, some power struggles, it's all part of the journey. It's all a process that we work on. And with the right steps and tools along the way, you absolutely will be able to get to the adolescent years and have a wonderful relationship, have a child who is ready to flourish in the world and will show you who they are and help you help them lead their way on their own path. So thanks so much for joining us this week. I did want to make an announcement. I have been working really hard on an app where all of the classes will be up on an app that you can have on your cell phone, on a tablet. 
I am so excited about this because I think it is going to make such a huge difference. They are divided up by age so that you can just get the classes for your child's age so that you're not overwhelmed by too many courses. They will, there are videos and audio versions so you can watch or listen and listen, whichever you can watch and then listen later. So you can download the video or the audio so that you can watch and or listen offline. The handouts are the last unit of each class so that those are much easier to find. And what's so great is there's just a really great flow to it so that you can get the classes by age. You can see what classes you want to, what section of classes you want to do, depending on what your current goals are as a parent, what you're working on with your kids right now. And so this is the support that I'm talking about getting to all the parents so that you can just have this amazing, incredible relationship with children who just are ready to go out in the world and they're on fire. If you are a current member on my website, when the app goes live, a member with an active membership, I will be adding you onto the app in addition to the classes on that website. We will send out an email and let you all know when that's happening get you onto that app so you can check it out. And we definitely, I will love your feedback. So thanks so much for listening and see you next week. Mm -hmm.